Welcome to another episode of the Marvel Guys Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jordan, and on my left is my co-host, Spencer. What's up, everybody? Today we have some spoilers. So if you are joining us and you have not seen Black Widow, um, we are very happy you tuned in, but we would love for you to enjoy the movie, whether it be in the theaters or on Disney+. Plus. And you can definitely come back and talk with us afterwards. We are going to be getting deep into the storyline and all things that happened within the movie. So here's your one and only spoiler alert. Mm -hmm. And we are going to get right into it. So pause, stop, whatever you feel like doing. Um, Black Widow. We saw it about a week ago now. What was the initial feeling you had and has it evolved since you saw it? The initial feeling I had was uh, it was pretty good. Um, kind of dissolved a little bit as time went on, but I, I'm still kind of holding on to the, like it was a pretty, pretty solid movie. Wasn't anything spectacular, but I don't think it really needed to be. You know what I mean? So like I, I think pretty decent, you know, pretty decent little movie. I, I enjoyed it. And I think from my side, I'm a little bit more optimistic than that and how I viewed it. Uh, it was one of my favorite one-off movies that I've seen within Marvel because of the way it came across, the way it presented itself. It definitely is not... I was talking to a coworker, and it does not feel like it has a place. Mm-mm. The Infinity Saga is over, and it very much feels kind of like an Infinity Saga uh, movie. However, it is very much not in the structure of the traditional Marvel movie we've come to expect. Because this is somebody that we've already grown with and had an emotional journey um, with over, you know, over a decade. Mm-hmm. And this character we knew did not have a future. So it really was in this weird place where they had to make it an emotional connection somehow. Because if you don't feel emotional connection to this movie, you're not going to enjoy it. I mean, period. Mm -hmm. Um, Any movie, that's the case. And so they had to thread that needle while also building up other characters for the future of the MCU. And giving her her due, her justice. Because... They've been trying to do this movie for a long time. Yeah. So we finally got the one-off Black Widow movie. And to me, they hit... This was the best case scenario for me for this movie. Mm. So the the potential of it was not groundbreaking. We talked about it. The expectations for changing the MCU was not high. Mm -mm. Um, But it hit all the marks that I wanted it to hit, which is... It was very funny. Mm Mm-hmm. It was a, a wonderful family story, and it was it was a fun action movie. So we got a little bit of everything, and we also got to find out some of the things we wanted to find out about Natasha's past while also keeping her a very secret character because she's a spy, and she shouldn't be um, completely revealed in her totality. So I guess what I saw was kind of what I expected, but also the best version of what I thought it could be. Yeah, and, and I, I think somewhere along the same lines, I, I, I had 
Well, and we talked about this before too. Like I didn't really have too much of like an anticipation for the movie. And then we got like a week out and I was like, oh man, I was like clamoring to see it. Cause I mean, it, it's set in that it's been two years since we've seen a Marvel movie and it's been a long time since we've really been in a theater and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And, um, man, it just, uh, it hit a, a lot of the, a lot of those notes, right. For sure. And, um, I don't know. I mean, it, uh, it definitely kind of, uh, tied some loose ends, like you said, with like her story and the backstory for her character while also setting some things up for the future in the MCU, but not like, not what I was expecting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was kind of, uh, and, and maybe that's me just being, you know, too optimistic that they're going to say, Oh, this one off black widow movie that no one really is super, super hyped for. We're going to throw in this crazy end credit scene at the end that's going to kind of change some things a little bit. I think that's what I was kind of anticipating. And while the end credit scene was awesome mm-hmm. and, and was really well delivered, I was like, man, like <laughs> I went in thinking like, man, we might get to see like, you know, Thunderbolts or like, you know, maybe uh, something happening with Ross to where, you know, Red Hulk might be revealed or something like something insane. Right. Because I just had the feeling that like, yeah like this is a character that's kind of had her story kind of told yeah there's a lot that we didn't know but she's a spy too so it's like hmm it was it felt like a movie that was necessary and kind of uh i wouldn't say not necessary but like not as necessary if that makes sense at the same time like we needed this movie but at the same time it was like this whole scenario is kind of played out now. You know what I mean? The infinity saga is over and yeah, it was was a puzzle that was completed and it was just the final piece sitting on the table and you knew the pit, the piece would fit. Right. You just had to still put it in. That's a good way of putting it. Exactly. Right. 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 The one thing I would fight back with is this movie was supposed to come out before Falcon and winter soldier. Yeah. So that end credit scene would have hit a lot harder. Yes. If we were like, Oh my gosh, that could be something huge. There might be, um, you know, something with Hawkeye, some bigger picture stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would have been a lot more speculative. I would argue that it, we got even closer to, um, you know, the Thunderbolts because of, uh, yeah. you know, Yelena and possibly John Walker. And, you know, we have a lot of characters that are being pushed, nudged towards that area. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like it's a long term focus at this point it's not an immediate impact um i will say the one thing i absolutely adored about this movie is the same thing you've always kind of noticed of scarlet and scarlet's taken her lumps for a lot of things um but within the marvel universe she has always been awesome yeah she in this movie she was a producer on it she kevin said she basically had full control over what was happening within the movie um because he's the total storyteller um and he will piece together everything in in the the web of marvel but she she had control over her character and what she did was play black widow really really well she plays the character to a t Mm -hmm. and she came across as human down to earth um still the the same natasha that we knew the entire time 
but even even in her titular role where she was the focus she made everybody else look really good yeah Florence Pugh's character Yelena came out of this looking amazing oh um, David Harbour was incredibly funny uh, you know in his own way kind of had his own his starring role and everybody around her looked really good and I don't know about you but I mean sometimes in movies you get lost in things and it felt like her and Natasha and Yelena were sisters like mm-hmm. it just felt like this was this was a pair that we've been growing up with for a long time and Yelena's always kind of been in the shadows uh, but the way that they sold the family dynamic was really good um, the little clues and little things they put in there I thought it was just Marvel done really really well so I was very happy with what we got um, obviously it didn't give us too much for the future but again, that wasn't something we were expecting. So I came out of it very happy. Um, we'll go kind of over the story here. But I was, I was really excited when we left the theater because, mm-hmm. for one, I think you're right. When we left the theater, we just saw a movie, a Marvel movie, for the first time in yeah. two plus years. Yeah. So our brains were not really wired for Marvel anymore, mm-hmm. you know. And so, I mean, it was a long time ago if you think about it because we were fed so much content and these TV shows have been so different from the movies that it's been a long time since we got something new that was supposed to be impactful in a two hour time period. So yeah, I'm not sure we have a great rating system uh, at the moment because it has been that long, but yeah, it was a fun two hours. Um, it was the right length and they combined a lot of humor and darkness and character development and family dynamic in the way that Marvel always does, which is a success. Yeah, and the action sequences were absolutely awesome. And I, uh, you know, I said that uh, I think before that I thought that this could be better than Winter Soldier in terms of like fight Fighting. choreography. Yes. And while I don't think that's the case, no, uh, it wasn't bad by any means. It was actually really good. Um, there were just certain things that I feel like could have been done a little differently in that movie to kind of make that stand out a little more, but it would have kind of ruined the narrative if they would have done that. Like if they would have wrote some more fighting between Taskmaster and Black Widow at certain points, that would have been a deterrent from what's actually going on in the story. So then it wouldn't have made sense. And the fighting would have been... I'm with you though. Yeah. I think... Let's talk about Taskmaster. Um, I think it's very divided as to what they did with Taskmaster and how um, well they did it. Now, remember, as we saw, we just saw another spoiler alert here. Um, I won't even get into the spoiler just in case you haven't seen it. But in Loki, we saw a character that is represented differently from how he was in the comics. Yeah. And that happens all the time in Marvel. And usually they hit their mark. They do. Um, With Taskmaster here... Uh, some of the differences are well quite obvious mm-hmm. but there's smaller differences where this taskmaster um was not mimicking fighting moves in person really it was more of a digital programming mm-hmm. and it was all kind of mental mm-hmm. um whereas you know the original taskmaster really is just kind of that good at fighting yeah so we got 
and by the way, if you really break it down and see all the moves that Taskmaster uses, it's kind of awesome. It's actually really There's cool. There's a lot of cool stuff, yeah. and it seems like all of the footage was downloaded from the airport fight yeah. um, where all the, the moves that were done were pretty much taken from. But, yeah, expand into Taskmaster because I know you have some thoughts on that. So for a little while, while I was letting like the movie kind of like sit on my mind for a little while i was on on the fence about the taskmaster thing and i was kind of leaning towards the people who were more like the comic purists that were like you know why would you introduce taskmaster if you're gonna like screw it up like that and kind of make things a little different but then i started to like reel it back and kind of look at it and kind of analyze the entire story of what they're trying to do and it fit perfectly for what they're trying to do and at the end of the day, it's entertaining, and they really didn't screw up the character, to be honest, too much to me. Because if you analyze those scenes a little better, like you said, like you see the mimicking. And while the mimicking isn't something that's an, an inherent trait of the character, like it is in the comics, I'm cool with that. Because, yeah, we've, it, it, at this point, I feel like, and, and this is all I will say really about this. This is like my little mic drop moment for those who are the comic purists. At this point, if you are watching MCU films and you develop a problem with how they are doing a certain character and complaining that it's not comic accurate, just get out, man. Like, because it's going to continue to happen. They've been doing this now for so long that it doesn't matter, man. Like, and if it is, it, okay, so let's take this for example. If they do follow the comic accuracy on everything then we're just watching comics in a theater and no one wants that because it's a story we've already seen there's no surprise so yeah man i feel like i i i've i've grown quite a bit on this taskmaster and i think that it was the right decision and the right play um and obviously we kind of hit on it with uh loki episode six review a little bit it was kind of a little bit of a miss in the sense that like the reveal was kind of weird to me. So like, once again, this is very spoiler heavy, but like how does a little girl survive a bomb explosion in her face? You know what I mean? Like that kind of seems like, and I get it that it's Marvel, right? There's has to be some kind of suspension of belief for Mm -hmm. a little moment, but like, the fact that she survives it kind of blew my mind a little bit. And I was like, wait a minute, there's, yeah, this is kind of weird. It's odd. And obviously once again, that suspension of belief, you're like, you know, Oh, well it makes sense because you know, it kind of ties everything together that they've told in the story. You know what I mean? She was that link. The kid was the link to her becoming an Avenger. And so it kind of made sense that the taskmaster would be, you know, the kid grown up and, and, you know, mind altered stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, uh, to be honest, man, I, I truly don't have too many gripes anymore about the taskmaster situation. Like mm-hmm. once again, it's, if, if you have been watching Marvel movies for this long and, you're still complaining that they are taking comic characters and kind of changing things up a little bit to fit the overall scheme of what they're trying to do. That's on you, man. (laughs) Like, and, and I get the comic accuracy type thing, but like to an extent, you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta let that go. I feel like. Yeah. And 
something that's important is that this was really the first female dominated Marvel movie. Yeah. Um, I know we have Captain Marvel, but the villain was a male. Was mm-hmm. Nick Fury was a huge character. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, you know, heavy male influence in this one. Um, it was Scarlet and uh, Florence carrying most of it. And gave a big shout out to to Rachel Weiss too. Mm-hmm. She she was excellent in yeah. the movie. I mean, it was it was really well done, and it was it was a story about sisterhood. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm hoping a lot of young girls were able to look up and say that looks cool. I want to be that, or you know, yeah, we all want to be something we can't be, whether it's a dinosaur or a fire truck <laughs> when we're little. Yeah. Uh, can't be a superhero either, but an astronaut. Yeah, in our own ways. Oh, well, you can be an astronaut. You can what be you an astronaut, about? but like crazy. Man, that's that's an incredible kid out there wants to be an astronaut. He's like Spencer said, I can't be an astronaut. No, 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 no. Let, let gotta reel it back. <laughs> Got to reel it back. There's like millions of people. If there's millions of kids that want to be an astronaut, how are you going to have millions of astronauts? That's well, you, you could say that about anything. True. You want to be true, a pro true, basketball true. player? There's like two. You can do it. Them. You can do it. It's hard. But Odds are. Mm. Hey, the um, what's her name that just won the um, avant garde is a oh yeah excellent basketball player. Yes. Champion speller, and on her way to Harvard to study yeah. something that will get her into NASA one day. So you she can says, do anything you want. You can man. do all of it. You can do anything <laughs> you want to do. Uh, it, everything's canon now, as, as everybody's saying. Right. Um, so yeah, shout out to that. That that's just cool. You know, it, it, it's time. And uh, the the vest, one of my favorite things. Oh yes. The, the little jokes about the vest, but then the fact that she wears them in uh, in Infinity, Infinity War. War. Yep. Yeah. Um. And so I mean that's that's so cool. That Marvel does that stuff. And sometimes you think they didn't really put that together, did they? Probably not. They, prob- they, they might have. They might have. Um. They might have been doing that, but it might have just been a throw in at the last minute because they're gonna go. Oh, that's cool. They're gonna love that. I mean. So it's very cool. Uh, part of me is like, yeah, maybe they threw that in there because of that little like fanfare. But then the other part of me is like, you know what? Kevin Feige literally came out and said that they've been trying to do a Shang-Chi movie for like 10 years. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Black Widow. So, I mean, it makes sense that they would have had this kind of thing written out. To be fair, they've been trying to do everything for 10 years. That's true. That's true. Because he said... uh, But you know somewhere there's like a storyboard. Oh, for sure. I mean, all these things are ideas. Um, In his recent interview with Rotten Tomatoes, he said like, the fact that we are able to put this Loki stuff together, we've been... This was a pipe dream um, for 20 years. And he said, well, the Avengers was a pipe dream 20 years ago, too. So <laughs> yeah. it's really come together quite fast. Right. Um, but this movie, it, it has its flaws. It has its its ups and its downs. But it was a really fun time all the way through. And it started off with quite a bang. Um, it It's funny because it seems like anything like David Harbour's in, somehow Stranger Things still gets in my brain. Yes. Um, all they the they were very well let's go to the first scene first of all um this is a very important to the central you know storyline of the movie and we often forget sometimes we always talk about this what's the name of the movie black widow yeah it's a story about black widow um and remember black widow is a title of a, you know a certain group of people it's not Natasha Romanoff. No. So this story was not necessarily about Natasha Romanoff. Mm-mm. It was about the Black Widows. Mm-hmm. And it starts off with a look at some fireflies scattered around the, the forest. And that's going to come full circle at the end of the movie. Yeah. But we get a young uh, Natasha and a young Yelena. And Natasha immediately is kind of recognizable because she has the colored hair. Um and they're just playing outside and not to get into specifics, but we have a traditional American family, 
two girls, a mom, a dad, like they're just back in the uh, 80s, I believe. Yeah. And we just see kind of a normal 70s. American family. Was it 70s? 70s, 80s. Somewhere She's kind of old for or young for 70s, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. But they were they were just doing their thing. You know, the mom seems to have a good relationship with the kids. And out of nowhere, kind of, we get uh, Red Guardian's character. What was his name again? Uh, I'm, I yeah, can't I'm remember. I'm, my brain. I know. <laughs> I never never ask names. It's a cardinal <laughs> it's sin tough. on this, this uh, podcast. <laughs> um, One day get, we'll get, get kicked it. off if you ask a name, really, yeah. if, if we weren't a co-host. Um, Walking the he, <laughs> he basically is told um we have to go immediately and we find out in a long drawn out scene of escaping ohio which is where they're at um they are spies the mother and the father are actually russian spies which Mm -hmm. were dropped in the united states and were basically given to um young spies in training um to be their their kids and so the older sister, Natasha, is kind of aware of what's happening. The younger one has absolutely no clue. And so they are basically forced to uproot their lives and pretty much all that they know at this point beyond training from very young. Um, and so it's it's kind of a gun, gut-wrenching scene to start in the movie where the children are being ripped uh, from where they're living and Alexi... Uh, I just remembered his name. Yeah. (laughs) Seems to have made some sort of deal with this villainous man that we meet. And the kids are taken off by themselves as we see a scene that showcases child trafficking, essentially, in this sort of montage. So it started off with some dark um, themes right off the bat. And you know you're in for a ride because there's literally kids in crates, little girls being taken around the world to russia Mm. to be trained for you know their future and we don't know this quite yet but this is what we kind of assume because of the outburst of natasha yeah that was a that was a tough tough scene to see um what i thought they did kind of cool and um kind of interesting way to look at it too is natasha has like blue hair as a kid already trying to like mask like the red color that her hair i think naturally is um what i also find weird about that the the color choice being blue uh for people who have like dyed blonde hair uh you have to use like a sort of like i think you have to use some kind of like a, a it's like a blue shampoo basically to maintain blonde hair which is kind of funny because like later on she dyes her hair blonde in her own life which is uh i don't know i i thought that was kind you of went like pretty deep cool. there yeah yeah you I were on aisle seven cool. just thinking yeah. about black widow apparently <laughs> yeah yeah uh i also loved the the casting choice too because that's uh mila jovovich's daughter that was black widow um and man like Mila Jovovich is like all time one of my all time favorite like female lead like action hero uh, actresses for sure. Um, so it was kind of cool that they kind of th- like, you know, cast her in that situation. But um, man, very intense opening scenes. Um, you have the 
what was it the smells like teen spirit cover yeah that was interesting it was an interesting choice for that um because once again it's like their childhoods being ripped from them right so that was a that was a that was a cool rebellious song in nature too yeah very very cool choice um once again man marvel doesn't do anything for just no reason um and they i'll guarantee you they're paying big money for these songs so yeah there better be a reason for sure for sure um but yeah i i i definitely there were some really cool emotional moments i would say in this movie as well uh that's that's definitely the first one to hit you right off the bat like it was just a gut punch for real yeah and you could see from a young age how protective natasha was of her sister Mm -hmm. and her sister is just kind of sad upset because she's leaving home yeah but natasha is going you don't know what you're about to be exposed to Mm -hmm. i've been through this already this is gonna like change you fundamentally as a person because about uh, the kind of things you're gonna have to go through i don't want my little sister have to go through it um alexi doesn't appear to care and the mom doesn't either really so they're they're whisked away to russia and that leads us into i think it was 25 years later or so yeah um but civil war yeah it was it was quite a ways and the uh the kids have grown up and we uh we do catch up and we're not going to get scene by scene this is a movie take too way too long yeah um but the next major thing that we're able to see is budapest Mm. so we pest Pest, pest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got to see Budapest. Um, we didn't see what we thought we'd see. No, and that see, that was as much as people thought the Taskmaster was like the big letdown for them. <laughs> that was my big letdown. Well, we got one thing when her and Yelena were in the vent. We found out they played tic tac toe and mm-hmm. hangman and stuff. You know. Yeah. But that's I, it. See, I. All right. Full disclosure here. And this is me being like weird and off in a different universe when I was watching the film. I saw something in it. I think it was in Budapest when they're driving away. Taskmaster is on their heels in a giant tank, just like plowing through everything. And then he like she just like climbs up out of the top of it and shoots an arrow at their car. And then later on. You know, Drakoff is like in the office and, you know, touches the helmet or something and like it starts to do its thing and to reveal who it is. And I was thinking my the entire time, like, oh, that's Clint Barton. That's what happened in Budapest. But, you know, I, I don't know. I was I was really reaching at that point for sure. But like yeah, as soon as I saw the the arrow come out, I was like, oh, wait, maybe that's Clint. You had the scene in the vent where they started talking about, you know, oh, they're playing tic-tac-toe, whatever, and they're waiting for days. You should like, have known immediately after that scene that it was no longer Clint Barton. My brain because went and, like, completely left because that scene just didn't click for see, some reason. For me, I, I heard her say that, and I go, well, if if that's the case, then he would know exactly where to look. Like yeah. here, here comes Taskmaster. He's just gonna go. I know you're in here because we right. we hit out there. And as soon as he didn't, I was like, well, there goes that. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I for a moment I was like, 
Oh, that that'd be interesting. I you just know? wanted to see it so bad. Man. I wanted to see <laughs> like speak it into existence. No, it's not that I wanted Clint Barton to be Taskmaster. I just wanted to see what happens in Budapest. Yeah, I wanted yeah, yeah. to see the two of them together again. Can you imagine how much more like heart wrenching this movie would have been had we seen the two of them together at some point in the film? Like if we would have seen the actual thing that happened in Budapest between them with Clint Barton and Natasha Romanoff, like that would have been, oh my God, that would have, and maybe they say one of those little lines that they said to each other in in game before all of that happens, like that would have been, oh, that would have been pain. I'll offer two, two reasons, I guess. I don't know what the term we're looking for here is, but there's one possibility, two possibilities. Um, One possibility is that they're saving it for another day when they can let us in on what exactly happened Mm -hmm. or two nothing really exciting happened (laughs) and that was the inside joke between the two of them yeah that this is nothing like budapest or you remember budapest differently than i like maybe nothing actually happened that was that exciting especially if they were staying like days or whatever however (laughs) long they were an event yeah um but yeah kind of felt the same you're hoping you got that that one budapest scene or something Mm -hmm. but it didn't happen um, but we, what we did see in Budapest is um, a grown-up Natasha and a grown-up Yelena come into conflict with each other. Hmm. And we got a cool little verbal and physical fight scene between the two, revealing that they're quite uh, similar in talent and skill, and neither of them really had the upper hand. Yeah. So it seems as though maybe they were the two most skilled fighters that came out of the Red Room. I would say what I would say to that is is yes and no. I, I really don't know how I feel about that. I think the end kind of details that they might have been for sure. Uh, just in the sense that Natasha herself was kind of holding her own against several. Um, but like, I don't know. I would I would assume that the red room was so tightly wound of like a program if you want to call it that that like nearly everyone that came out of there is basically on the same level or that's you know at least very close could be but um I, I think that the the ending of the movie kind of cemented that it's highly possible that both of them are probably at the top tier of of those who've like graduated, I guess the red room, if you want to call it that. Well, and I think oftentimes we learn just over and over in Marvel and really every superhero entity, the villains are often stronger, almost always stronger, but they lose because of the humanity of the hero. Yeah. And so it seems like Natasha, well, for one, we find out that Natasha was not, um, chemically altered. Yeah, that's the Her big sister part was. Yeah. But um, she was able to get away with just mental reconfiguration that she was kind of able to eventually get out of um, and, and join the Avengers and whatnot. And her sister was able to um, make her way out of that situation as well, but she was dealing with the chemical side of things. So it, it's really interesting because they're not none of them are bad people when they're taken in. But the ability to just kind of get away and then rediscover that um, 
that fight, that was probably what made Natasha great because she could have just retired and gone into the sunset, you know? Mm -hmm. But there was something deep down in her. You can see as a kid, she was a fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, she was meant to be a fighter and then was trained to be a fighter. Yeah. So that's why I think she takes kind of the mantle as far as in my eye. And then with Yelena having the same kind of blood and her as a sister, I'm guessing she was kind of right there. I, I would say, um, too, I mean, the, that's the biggest point of the entire movie to me is that it's it's the humanity that, that wins and that all of those girls were just mind wiped and um, altered, as you said. Uh, Yelena gets exposed to that like red serum stuff yeah. early on, so she's able to like break free of that. But like, yeah, that, that's always the case. It's always the humanity of the hero that uh, wins in the long term. Um, and I've always kind of found that interesting. It's a, it's an easy, I, I guess it's an easier story to write. I mean, it's been done for centuries now, but, uh, I, I think we still kind of like to be reminded of that, that our humanity and what makes us who we are is yeah. still something to be like proud of. I had one thing that I was a little bit conflicted about because with Drakov, he bragged about staying in the shadows all this time not being discovered and just kind of maneuvering in the background um but we got a montage fairly early on of him (laughs) with world leaders right so it seems like that's really not the case unless maybe at some point he decided i need to be more responsible and not expose myself you know usually hiding in plain sight is the best move in marvel Mm -hmm. but it was a little bit odd that he was like, and I'm not going to make too much of this. It's not a big deal. It's just a small thing that entered my brain. Like he's like, we, we hide in the shadows everywhere. Nobody knows, you know, she even antagonized him, said, nobody knows who you are, you know? And he kind of seemed like he wanted a bigger name for himself. Right. He just wanted to be able to establish the point where nobody could stop him. Once he reveals who he is, he's kind of a Kim possible villain in a way. There's a, I'm I'm trying to think of the name of it, but there's a James Bond film that's exactly like it's a very very similar premise. Well, she was watching movie. a James Bond film in this movie. Oh, um, in the cabin or whatever that was that little mobile oh, home the little looking like, thing. trailer thing. Yeah, she she was well, she was watching a movie. Wow, um, a James Bond movie, and in that James Bond movie there's a scene where they jump out of a, a plane and have like a skydiving fight. Yeah. So there was a lot of parallels See? between the, the movie and the one she was watching. And that's the thing too. In the James Bond film that I'm thinking of, I, I, it might be the exact same one, which is actually Probably. cool. I mean, it would make because sense. Because there's like a base. The yeah, there's a base in the sky. Base in the sky. Yeah. So same movie that was she was watching. Right. That's cool. So they're, that's really they're cool. not dumb. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of cool that she was watching james bond like right natasha romanoff of course so she would be a james bond fan right oh of course makes sense yeah so and drakov sounds like draken a little bit oh, so kim possible yeah. <laughs> is where i go absolutely um so we get uh yelena and natasha kind of just be being sisters for a little bit mm-hmm. and they they talk and natasha's had a lot of time to grow into who she is and yelena was sitting in the car just kind of being a little sister and saying like i've never had a choice in anything that i've done before i just want to have a choice i want to go do things 
and that's when like the uh vest comes up and a lot of funny little um, quips and lines and <laughs> she's just she's having a wonderful time being out of the chains of of the Drakov. so yeah. we got some cool little scenes between her and natasha and that really grounded natasha and gave us a nice little backstory and at the end of the day kind of re uh empathized because you're like oh man not only was the avengers you know distraught um because she died but now she's gonna lose somebody who is closer to her than anybody um right at this point i think this is something that's gonna come up again possibly because marvel does this all the time and I, I'm curious to see how they do it in that uh, Yelena has that feeling of like, you know, wanting that freedom and the freedom of choice and all that stuff. And we're seeing that with the Loki series as well, like free will being stripped. Um, I wonder how that's going to play into the future. You know, we, we have the end credit scene that's going to come later and we'll talk about that a little mm-hmm. more. But I want to see how they do this in the future with Yelena's character and in that uh you know how are they going to tie that narrative because we see that every time we've seen it with tony stark we've seen it with captain america you know there's nothing special of you anything that was came through a, a bottle you know uh tony stark he'll never make the sacrifice play all these kinds of stuff like you're not worthy yeah you're not worthy uh man like hulk committed suicide right um you're you're yeah i mean there's gonna be a time in which i feel like and hopefully it's not 10 years from now but like it could be (laughs) where we get a scene with yelena and that maybe comes up again that'll be kind of cool i'm excited for that she was a very cool character and the uh, the extent of her and natasha's journey in this movie is unselfish because um as we talk about that scene in Budapest, it wasn't just them two fighting and, and, you know, having a good time and eating dinner together or whatever. Uh, Nata- or Yelena was trying to get these, uh, what would you call it? Uh, kind of like antidotes mm, mm-hmm. to Natasha because she felt like if she got them to Natasha, Natasha could get them to Banner or Stark and they could figure out a way to free these black widows around the world. Um, but Natasha was not interested in any of that at the time. And she didn't, uh, I think she just had it all her stuff in a box that was given to her by her, uh, her point man that was helping her with, with supplies and things. And so Natasha never really got that memo. And so that's when they met up in Budapest and now they have these, uh, syringes and everything, uh, because Natasha was interrupted by the taskmaster when she was kind of off site. Um, and so taskmaster attempted to get the antidotes and in the way was Natasha, but ultimately she was able to escape that, that initial fight. So the whole first half of the movie or so we noticed that, okay, there's, we got two sisters, we got a family, we got antidotes, and we got Black Widows across the world. So that was what we knew at the time. And that leads into the sisters devising a plan to break out Red Guardian, Alexi, uh, him out of this super crazy secure prison. 
It's like in this frozen tundra Ooh. and a valley. Dude, is there a freaking thing that they planted in there? Go for it. Wow. So, uh, tag your it. The prison, I think, is actually called the Seventh Circle, which of is hell? like a, yeah, which is a reference to the Seventh Circle of Hell from Dante's Inferno. Um, however, there's also a story, I can't remember who wrote it in Marvel, but there's a story that's really cool of uh, the Seventh Circle, and I think it involves the Daredevil and the Punisher. The Punisher might be the one that's locked up. And I think there's some kind of breakout in there as well. So that was pretty cool that they would throw that in there. That like, okay, number one, you're getting a prison break scene in a place called the Seventh Circle that's been done in Marvel comic history with separate characters uh, that both are not technically in the MCU. Um, Yeah, man, I I, I noticed that because it's on like one of their little pads on the very top. It says something like the seventh circle and like the map of the prison and the layout and all Mm -hmm. that. And I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) My brain just went bing like, oh, okay. I didn't catch that. Yeah, that's very cool. And what did you make of Alexi and his arm wrestling ventures has (laughs) an outburst uh, that I fought Captain America uh, back in. A, oh, a year when. where he was frozen. Yeah, so did you take it as he fought a different Captain America? Did you take it as he's lying? Or do you think maybe we're talking alternate realities here? Like, what happened? Is he just bragging? Like, wh- where are we at with, with that? Two things came to mind. One is that he's lying just to be braggadocious. Yeah, I mean, like, he's the type know. of guy that would brag. Yeah, exactly. The other thing that came to mind is... Well... Uh, I would say two other things kind of came to mind. Same premise, but uh, we know now from Falcon and Winter Soldier that there were multiple Captain Americas. Yeah. Maybe he fought one of them. And we also know that someone else was alive during that time uh, in Bucky Barnes, right? So it's possible, too, maybe he fought Bucky Barnes. Um, Just assuming any super soldier must be Captain America. Yeah, possible. Uh so yeah, those were those are two things that, that came to mind. Um Yeah, I I don't know. I, I would lean more towards the idea that he's just being, you know, he he's been locked up, he's already got this big ego because he's destroying everybody in arm wrestling, no one can match his strength yeah. and all this stuff, so like why not, you know, spread some stories for the boys, you know. To initially start the breakout, um, the sisters sent a package inside of the prison of an action figure of Red Guardian, Mm. and they knew how vain he was and that he would pull a string to see (laughs) what the catchphrase was. And when he pulled the string, the head popped out, and here's a little um, earpiece. Yeah. And he puts the earpiece in, and he hears them. Uh, and he knows he's about to be broken out, so they they ask him to sneak out. He doesn't. He just powers his way out. And if you're wondering, well, why didn't he break out this whole time? I don't blame you for saying that, but also it was incredibly hard just to get him up by helicopter. Yeah. He wasn't able to climb to where he needed to go to escape by himself, so I'm sure he was just going Hancock style. Okay, I until I see an actual way I can break out of this thing, I'm just going to chill here for a while. Yeah. I would assume the same thing because it's 
literally isolated. And I think that's the entire point of the seventh circle is that even if you break out, where are you going to go? You're not going to survive. Like, it doesn't matter if you're a super soldier or not. You are not yeah. going to survive. You are isolated beyond belief. So And he was in th- Endgame Thor shape, too. Like, he, oh, he was yeah. not at his, his strongest. Right. So there was no chance. And I think he knew that, like, deep down. As much as he's, like, this arrogant, you know, character, he, you, you know that deep down. You, yeah. If you break out, you're not going to survive. So wouldn't matter. Yeah, and they were able to bust him out. Uh, they fly away in the helicopter. And from there, we see some more family scenes when they go over to their their mom's uh, ranch, I guess I would call it. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of an area where she seems to be doing uh, experimentations on these pigs mm. for mind control uh, to actually inflict kind of pain on themselves to see what kind of control you can have over them yeah and so she at the dinner table shows this off excitedly uh, by taking away the ability to breathe from one of the pigs as it passes out and they're like freaking out and like hey come on hello yeah (laughs) you know get it back again and she says well they have 20 more seconds of of oxygen before they actually die so uh but this was a small clue into how the like the chemical serum or whatever it was, was developed to uh, control these women. And so that was our our first venture into maybe what they were looking into initially as a family. And now full circle, they're back kind of together as a family. And we see that this mind control might've actually been influenced by them in an indirect way. So two things also came to mind here is that, uh, Natasha already had some training as a child, which is why she was kind of aware of what was going on with the kid or with the whole scenario in the beginning. Yeah. Um, and the disc that David Harbour's guardian character has in the very beginning of the movie, it's like a floppy disc. Um, yes. That is, I would assume is, yeah, it's the, it's the exact same program that was used later by Drakov. Yeah. Uh, to, you know, use mind control, which would also lead to the idea of as to why Natasha wasn't in that kind of state of of mind compared to the rest of the Black Widows, uh, was that she just kind of moved along through the program before that became a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, man, what was su- such an interesting little thing because you're seeing all these kind of pieces like start to connect and start to click, and you're like, oh wow like sure she wasn't like part of that program when that happened but like she's directly correlated to it because it was her quote-unquote family mm-hmm. because none of them are related by blood right which is another not, interesting not literal thing. blood right it's like a they're related by spilled blood <laughs> yeah yeah they um, have these shared experiences of yeah trauma and they were together for a while we, we know that too uh which kind of makes them family for that for the sake of the argument really yeah uh and you see that kind of play out too that whole family dynamic of like guardian completely being oblivious to the fact that he was basically like a father figure to these girls growing up and then they were just stripped and he didn't care and then attempting to to be one when he sees 
uh, Yelena's having yeah. a traumatic experience back with them and he doesn't yeah. know how to deal with it. And so right. he kind of just walks into, you know, a bunch of dad problems. And then Rachel Vice's character is devising this program that is evil and is refusing to do anything to stop it, knowing full well what's going on. Yeah. After getting through the Red Room herself. Really weird character. Very strange. But, um, yeah, you have these, uh, like, heart-to-heart moments that are interesting, uh, especially for the story. You know what I mean? Like, it Yeah. It, it played out well, and every, every person, like, executed their role the best I've seen. Like, I, I couldn't have asked for better, like, acting in those scenes. It was fabulous. I well, loved it. and, like literally but also in the movie like they had to act as a family and yeah. the best way to have a youngest one act she, she was not an actor she was not told what was happening yeah yeah um it's worth wondering what was on that disc and what was it being used for in the united states that's the biggest because dilemma that i've come across maybe it had nothing to do with mind control and they just needed this small little puzzle piece that the US had technology with and it was given to Russia but if they just straight up stole certain technology that was already in use for mind control I wonder where that might be placed if it was the 80s um, like wh- what are we talking about here with the United States because we haven't really seen much in the way of uh, mind control as far as uh, United States you know uh, military or government stuff goes except for maybe super soldier serum i don't i don't know like if we're talking marvel there's some certain things but if we're talking real life there's a lot of things you can get into well sure sure. i I don't think they're gonna go that route though um i mean you're talking about like what was it the things that they were doing in the south with like uh mosquito control or something like that and they were like spreading these chemicals around and it's been a while since I've Oof, been on YouTube wow. just getting lost, conspiracy so I'm not theories. as up on my conspiracy theories. <laughs> right. Um, there's there's a lot of stuff out there you could connect that to, but I think in terms of Marvel, what that would connect to maybe, I, I'm not really sure, but I would assume, you know, okay, I mean, take this into a consideration. The Captain America program obviously isn't working well, and... You know, Steve Rogers has been on ice for 40 plus years at this point. Well, I would say probably 40 years even because uh, he went in the ice in, Just what, 45? Yeah. And it was like 81 maybe when this happened. So uh, maybe 91 actually. Well, what could yeah. uh, what could mind control have helped with at the time? What do you think as I, far I, as so Marvel lore? We got some stuff with uh, Isaiah Bradley in terms of like where he was at in terms of like his mental state as captain america right so maybe uh maybe controlling the mind that way and and really truly creating basically the winter soldier but in an americanized form because we've also seen that the american government and and marvel can't be trusted at all because of everything that's going on i mean 20 years after this event with Falcon and the Winter Soldier or 30 years after this event with Falcon and the Winter Soldier and stuff like that in that show. So, yeah, I would say that there's a a good chance that maybe this is something that maybe Stark, Howard Stark, might have been involved in because he's one of the masterminds of the Marvel Universe at this point. 
This is 1991. Good or bad, he's usually involved. Yeah. This is uh, probably around the time that he's about to die. Uh, I mean, I mean, take this into consideration, too. 1990, I think it's 1991 when he dies, is the same time that he's got the super soldier serum and the winter soldier kills him and then he takes the, the super soldier serum back to Hydra. So, I mean, there's very good opportunity, there's a very good chance that Howard Stark had something to do with some kind of mind control, mind altering uh, serum or, or, or whatever technology uh, at the exact same time and the Guardian kind of steals it and then they go on the run. Mm-hmm. Black Widow program is created. Well, not Black Widow program is created, but it's evolved yeah. into something bigger. Um, I, yeah, I could totally see that being a thing. Right. And we don't know for sure about any of this, um, but I think that's worth thinking about now yeah. because we may see it pop up later and it may be nothing. But it definitely could. If there's something there mm-hmm. that they were stealing then obviously the United States had some intention of using it, even if it was for making cows come back into the barn. (laughs) Yeah. There may be some simple answer for it, but worth thinking for the future. Um, Where are we at here? We got... Uh, We're we're, we're about to get to that point where uh, Drakov's army kind of collapses on the barn, or the... (laughs) The, not the barn but the, the yes the house they they know and the mom um what's what's the mom's name in the movie I, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh uh, the wow. mom over oh, two um, <laughs> we are she doing great uh, she alerts drakov's uh well drakov that they have returned to the ranch or i'm gonna call it the ranch yeah and she just before they arrive she tells Natasha while um, Alexi is talking to Yelena in her room. Natasha, I called. I called Drakov. I had to, and we don't see them again. No, worth pointing. Until uh, they're all aboard Drakov's uh, skyscraper above yeah. the clouds. That's How mostly that floating, but also has a build in the middle. I don't know. Yeah, but it's up there. And so we see them in these nice little Xenon Z3 prison cell things. <laughs> and um, everybody's in their own spot except uh, Alexi and Yelena. Mm. And so they're, they're in their own little rooms while Natasha and the mom are separated that are ones going to meet with Drakov, which is uh, Natasha and the mom, I should say, sorry. Uh, you know, well, kind of it, it, the mom. Yeah. And the yeah. they're going to discuss something, but it is revealed. Uh, Drakov knows who he's speaking with. He yeah. says, I, a, a parent never forgets the eyes of a child or something like that. Mm. And he taps her on the head and we see that technology that we've seen about three or four times now. Yeah. Uh, of face altering or not even that, but complete like face mask. change. Yeah. Um, and it's pulled off of uh, Natasha's face to reveal Natasha. Mm-hmm. And she now is face-to-face with Drakov, and he doesn't seem to be that threatened. Not at all. And we realize why. Um, he has a pheromone that will not allow somebody to attack him if they smell it. I don't know how that technology I don't works. I don't know how that works. <laughs> don't know if they got that from the U.S. too. <laughs> 
but I do know it worked that there's some merit to it um, because and it's man people people are really gonna think I'm crazy I yeah I'm, I think I'm already I'm, starting to yeah uh, I bet you didn't know that a wasp literally that's that's why you get like destroyed by multiple wasps if they're around because uh, if they like sting someone uh, or if they die they like release a pheromone to the other wasp that makes them enraged and makes them angry. So, yeah, I can you, definitely see that. Yeah, if you, it's the parala- paralysis that's a little bit reachy, but that's maybe not though. If if you can figure out a way in which, uh, it would have to be, it would have to be limited to people that you already understand like the inner workings of like their literal pathways in their brain. So you would have to have some time spent observing these people for that to work, which that's where it becomes a big time reach because there would have to be a ton of time. Cause you can't just emit a pheromone and prevent anybody from just killing you because it's going to work for probably quite a few people, but it's not going to work for everybody. So that's where it kind of gets really weird. But I'm glad we were able to have a scientist on the podcast today. <laughs> it really pays off in moments Jeez. like this. Um, so thank you for your your knowledge on that oh subject. Um, yeah, I mean, it's there's definitely pheromonal technology um, that alters moods, alters uh, activities, things like that. Yeah. Um, and Marvel's suspension of disbelief for a moment, it didn't mm-hmm. let him uh, be attacked by her. Yeah. And so along the way you know i I don't remember scene by scene what was in what order at this point but she um, is told by the mom that the pheromones can be kind of blocked by severing a nerve which i'm like my Uh. my legs are shaking even like thinking about this scene i had to close my (laughs) eyes because i'm that much of a wimp when it comes to anatomical stuff Mm. oh so as she's talking to Drakov, she's she's planning these little things out. She knows exactly what she's gonna do. And she she severs it. She bangs her head on the table. Breaks her nose. Big yes. bends. And in the fight between the two, the struggle, she's able to slip um unbeknownst to really the viewer, she's able to mm. slip his um it was a, a watch thing. Okay, yeah, that's right. It's a ring. Yeah. Um, off of his hand as she grabs his hand. That's right, because he he had his hand on the, the control thing. Um, and his glasses fall off. Um, his glasses kind of represent his own little power thing. I don't know. There's something yeah. to that. And he basically, this happens after he reveals, I have every control on this table, and you can't do a thing about it. It only activates when I use this ring, and so he he's Draken. Yeah, he's he's Draken, and it's so freaking comical to me when when villains do this. They literally explain everything. Here's how you can defeat me. How you can do this? (laughs) You'll never be able to. Yeah. Oh, Drat. Yeah. Five seconds later, she did it. Dang it! I should have known. Yeah. I'll get you next time. Right. And. Uh, in the midst of this scene, we also get the reveal of Taskmaster yeah. being his daughter. Right. So we're right. In, in this whole scene, we see a reveal of a villain, and 
that kind of takes her back because she thought she killed this this little girl that she's yeah. been carrying this weight around her whole life. And, you know, whether you intend to kill somebody or not, if they die, they die, and you're mm -hmm. in trouble for it either way. But if you intend to kill somebody and they don't die, you're still in trouble. <laughs> yeah. But she didn't die. So now she's met with this realization of, wow, I'm the world's worst killer because I had a bomb <laughs> in a room with two people and neither of them died. Neither of them died. That's so, so crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was an interesting scene with a lot of moving parts, but the the majority of it took place with Natasha kind of weaseling her way through um, basically in the same style as like the first Avengers where mm -hmm. she's like, just I got him right where I want him. Hold on for a minute. Yeah. I thought it's kind of cool. And, and this is once again really weird of me, but like the whole ring on the pinky thing, I think that was something that was like established centuries ago for like men that were in prominent positions of power that if you had that much clout and that much power you would wear a ring i think on your like your pinky or your forefinger i can't remember but you see that with him that's such a typical villain thing to me is the the whole ring on the pinky you know what i mean if you got a pinky ring man i automatically distrust you like <laughs> we just lost um, like 30 percent of our sorry listeners. man i i do know <laughs> I think Mason Mason workers, like masonry workers, typically have a ring. If I wear a ring, I put it on my pinky. Yeah. It, it's a power move. It's a power move. Like, you instantly, like, appeal as, like, more like a boss in a room. If you walk in and you've got a pinky on your ring, on your <laughs> little pinky finger. on your ring. It, I've only got like one a, a ring, ring on your pinky finger. and it's the gauntlet. <laughs> so nice. That's my only ring. That's and even more of a power. The only move. reason it goes on my pinky is because that's the only finger it'll fit. Right. It's even more of a power move. I think. No it's, kidding. It's it's a power yeah. reality time <laughs> soul. Yeah, yeah, I think I think if you wear rings on your on your pinky and your forefinger, that's like the, that's a that's a bold bold move. Your forefinger. Your forefinger. This one. The first one. So Pointer your finger. Four, fourth finger from the right is the full name of the four finger. Right. Is that is it a four? Aren't they all four fingers? Because you have a thumb. <laughs> we on track here? Not not even not even. This this okay. is going off the we, rails. We need a separate scientist <laughs> for that one. <laughs> we, need a, we need a finger specialist. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna bring him in next episode. Right. Uh, but yeah, uh, such a such a cool like moment, really. That like this massive reveal of taskmaster being the daughter and uh man her breaking the nose on the table like what a crazy oh, dude, crazy crazy scene um i can't do it yeah i mean i knew i mean i was i could i could hear you kind kind of preparing for it and i was like oh she's gonna do it and then she did yeah it. I, I, I had i knew it was coming oh yeah yeah it's like slow motion and by the way the more we're talking about this the more i'm going Wow, that was deeper than I ever gave it credit for. Yeah. Because the girl, she's been traumatized by this her whole life. She's yeah. taken lives, but that was the only kid she's ever killed. Sure, so she thought. And well, Loki yeah. in Avengers, you know, you've got, I've got Red on my ledger, and, and he talks about um, you, you killed Drakov's daughter, and yeah. everybody's always holding this over her, and her entire life, she, I mean, she went to you know infinity war and endgame and in endgame she's she's a uh, or between her and clint she's basically going you don't know the things i've done you know mm -hmm. or she says you do i can't remember which she might have actually let him in on that at some point because apparently loki knows so i guess the whole world knew at one point but 
it really is heavy and 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 i'm really starting to put that in in bigger perspective because that was a big deal for her to probably um before she passed away to realize that i didn't actually kill this person even though i intended to and i don't have that on my heart and we'll just get right to it like you know she's redeemed at the end of this whole thing you know what I mean? That's the, that's the coolest she part. She saved thousands of lives. She saved thousands of lives. Her, her soul for a soul has been, you know, matched. Yeah. And, and as, you, it up. as you said earlier in the beginning of the movie, you have that scene with the fireflies. The fireflies. And that connects to all of the, uh, the, 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 the widows, around, the widows the world. around the world that's shown on the map, right? Um, thousands. Thousands. And it's like, so yeah, man, she's definitely redeemed she's like the taskmaster character kind of gets that redemption too because she's no longer controlled by drakov yeah she's she got gets her own free, free will too. right um such an awesome awesome way to end this movie and, and and yeah i think the more the more we discuss this the more we talk about this like the more uh well redeeming the entire movie really is to me yeah like it, it just kind of flows and moves together it's Perfectly. unfortunate it didn't come out before her death. Yeah. Like it still works. Right. And it's not an issue, but it's just, you know, I, it would have been really nice to get this info beforehand. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, I, I was, her death sucked to me. A, yeah. a lot of people, I think kind of move past it pretty quickly. Cause it's, it's almost hard not to, because of where it happens in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, same with Gamora's death initially, mm-hmm. which always felt a little bit like anything that happened in infinity war you were like okay is this going to be undone in the next movie um (laughs) but in endgame you were you were told right away with loki's death that this is not the same playing games like so when she died i think a lot of us were were crying for a few moments and then you get the scene with hulk and Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sad, but then all of a sudden you're like, okay, you're almost, you feel like an Avenger. You wipe your tears. You're like, we got to go. Yeah. We got to focus. We got to, we got to kill Thanos. Well, you got to make sure that that death isn't for nothing. Right. right. And it's time to avenge, avenge them. And then of course, Tony Stark's death is going to overshadow anybody's. Oh, so of course, easily in a, in a way, but it, it didn't matter either way when this yeah. movie happened, like respect the widow character at the end of the day. And we got to feel sad twice because of the way this movie ended. Yeah. And you almost feel even more emotional, I think, watching it after it happens because you know what happens to her. And you see this redemption story with her character. And to me, two things came to mind um, immediately as to, I think, why, why she, you know, why she felt the way she did. You know, we kind of got that backstory in Endgame with Clint Barton as to, like, why he was, I wouldn't say feeling suicidal, but, like, okay with the idea of trading his life so that the Avengers have a chance to win to bring everyone back. You get that backstory because you see him as Ronan and you see what he's doing and all this other stuff. He gets saved, whatever. Killing people. Uh, and now we have this with Black Widow where it's like, you know what? She's she's done more than anyone gave her credit for. Yeah. So you kind of now watch that scene back and you're like, wow, like this is even more impactful. Another thing that I thought of, though, immediately as the movie ended and the credits were rolling and even after the end credit scene and all that stuff is the idea of maybe she was so confident and so comfortable in doing so 
because maybe her family got snapped and she wasn't so f- like forward about it I because would say she always wanted to keep it secretive and keep it close to the chest, you know, that she had yeah. a family outside of them. And the Avengers were back together at that point. You know what I mean? Like Cap and Tony are on speaking terms and everything's kind of getting, you know, better and we're, we're, we have a plan and we're trying to execute this plan. So there wasn't really a lot of time for her to say, you know what? Yeah. You know, we're trying to get my family back too, but it's one of those things where she's a spy as well. And it's like, you know, she's kind of keeping this close, close to the chest and maybe, yeah, maybe like Yelena got snapped. There's no doubt in my mind that her whole family got snapped because when, when we see her in Avengers Endgame, she's, um, clinging to the one family she does have. She even says it. Um, so she would have been in a better mental state had she had her sister to lean on Mm -hmm. in that time period, which is really a shame because that's five years lost and she passed away, Mm -hmm. um, or was killed, you know, she didn't die of like heart disease or something. (laughs) Um, but you know, she's, she's crying. She's always emotional. She's feels a sense of ownership because she got that taste of family, real family, uh, again, and then found her Avengers family. And then as soon as she felt like she was at peace and she had her families, the world turns upside down again. Mm-hmm. And there she is. And it seems like she can never catch a break, but that's, that's, that's Natasha. That's, that's a life of a spy, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it seems like the family was disappeared because she had nobody left to turn to. And that's why her and cap and, um, the rest of the Avengers that were still alive became so close in that time period. And why she was so willing to reach out to Clint Barton too, because he lost his family. And that was all, that was a big thing. All she had, um, was the Avengers family. And he was the closest thing to her at that time, though her and cap always seemed to have a very close relationship at the end of the day. Her and Clint had been through a lot of things. I think now I'm leaning towards that actually more than anything is that she reached out to Clint and was so concerned about Clint because she knew I lost my family. He lost his family. So I'm the one person that can probably relate to him in this moment. And that's why maybe he turned so quickly was because they had that talk. We didn't see it, but like they had that talk of, you know, there's hope still in this life. So, well, and they had a similar experience where she, she had to kill a lot of bad people. Yeah. And he killed a lot of bad people. He didn't, oh, go, yeah. out he didn't go out and kill innocents. Right. Um, but he, he killed people who had read on their ledger. Mm-hmm. So they, they had a lot of shared experiences. And, and True. it's interesting to, to see the fill in the blank, you know, uh, nature of this movie, because yeah. we get a lot of a lot of backstory, but only about two years, mm-hmm. you know, in total that we kind of worked with through this entire movie. And uh yeah, it, it pulled through together at the end. We, you know, we see um, the other major thing I wanted to go over that I was referencing earlier was the mom. It's a really odd character in this movie. It seems like she was a little bit submissive in Ohio to what Alexi was doing. Like they were both working to find this information, but Alexi was the one that heard it's time to go and let her know. So he was kind of the, the guy that was in charge of this whole thing. Yeah. Um, and then at this farm this ranch she okay so she hears no she's visited she tells drakov the family's here and then she alerts natasha that drakov is coming and we need to do something devises a plan comes up with it they ex- execute it but 
there's a lot of little things that she would have known that she didn't seem to tell Natasha. And she was really in big trouble here because she was the right-hand woman for Drakov in this scientific side of, you know, controlling people. Yeah. She had a lot to lose if he crumbles. Mm -hmm. So to me, it was her clinging to the side that was winning. And she felt like this girl's a beast. And I think well, she's going to take Drakov down. And so she kind of took advantage of the situation. So I don't trust her going forward. I wouldn't say that it's, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but I also kind of look at this kind of like Stockholm syndrome uh, in the sense that it's not that she's clinging to who's winning. It's that she alerts Drakov as they enter, basically, right? So she doesn't know what's going to happen yet. And then all of a sudden she starts to feel these emotional ties because of everything that happened and she realizes what she's done. And she knows that, you know, well, there's got to be something done, but I can't do it. You know what I mean? Like, there, I can't do this. And she needed that little push and that little pull from Natasha to say, yes, we can together. And I think that's where I was coming from with it is that it's more. Yeah, it's definitely it, it, it reminded me a lot of like that Joker Harley Quinn kind of relationship and the Stockholm Syndrome idea of, you know, the, the woman being pretty much completely submissive and not being allowed to speak or think for herself in that not even that her and Drakov were a relationship in that the working relationship of the mm -hmm. whole operation. So, yeah, that's what I was getting from well, it. One of the things that threw me off is that she's basically the tech side of things. Yeah. And she probably had major influence on the design of this place. Mm -hmm. And she got outsmarted um, as to how to work the room that she was in. You know, like mm -hmm. these little things that really, to me, don't quite add up. Um, and it seemed like she kind of had her best, her self-interest in mind. And maybe that's just normal for any Marvel character. But something to me told me not out of the woods yet. I don't trust her. If we <laughs> see her again in the series, yeah. um, that I'm a little bit wary of, of her and she may be two timing still. Mm -hmm. So that's just my little called shot there. Um, not sure if we'll ever see her again, frankly. Um, mm -hmm. But if we do, I'm got my eye on her. Yeah. I can I'll respect that. And uh, amidst this fight, it, it's really a cool fight. It's, it's, flying down from from the sky as the things are blowing up and yelena the whole movie yelena's like ready to sacrifice herself yeah, at like any much. given moment yeah she's like oh you got a paper cut i'll put the band-aid on and then jump off the building so you can survive and you're like she's a little bit uh -huh. irrational with it but um she was she seemed to just be happy with where she was at she was at total peace mm -hmm. and she blew up drakov's plane even though it would probably, you know, knock her off and mm. kill her when she hits land. But as she does that, Natasha's yelling, no, don't do it. And she flies off. Natasha goes into full super spy mode and, you know, uh, some more suspension of disbelief because she flies down and grabs uh, Yelena, wraps the uh, uh, parachute around her and lets her kind of float down. And then we get a Taskmaster uh Natasha fight midair and they're flying down like pieces of metal and it was really fun to watch and it's just one of those scenes where it's like okay explosions loud music fighting hand-to-hand -hand combat 
in and air. in air, cool. yeah, falling to the ground. Yeah, and uh, somehow they both make it out okay. The, Everyone survived. I don't know how that happened, but except for Drakov. Um, yeah, right. Well, no, we'll see. Come on, <laughs> dude, he can't survive two bombs. I'm saying on, he did man. it once already. <laughs> uh, I He's don't an know. Maybe one day. Survivor. We see a lot of people survive a lot of things in Marvel. Facts. But uh, yeah, they're on the ground, and we we get a uh, a fight scene between or the end of the fight scene between Natasha and Taskmaster where Taskmaster does the same move she did before yeah except this time the person who usually mimics moves is kind of uh uno re- reverse carded by yes. Natasha who says I know what you're about to do and punches the um the serum the chemical and releases it to uh get uh I don't I don't know her name uh, off of my head, but uh, Taskmaster character, the yes. daughter of Drakov, uh, out of her trance. Yes. Very, uh, very interesting and very, oh, man. It's unique. You said I was, I was kind of laughing a little bit because you were like, as soon as you made the quote of her being like, no, don't do it, my brain went to Kevin Hart for some reason. <laughs> no. Like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> And I, I don't know why. Need a little more high I don't know why one. why that my brain went there, but it did. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but man, what a what an awesome like way to end it with like the fighting in the midair. And sure, it was like the most non-believable thing, but like, dude, it was awesome. Hey, it's fun. I don't care. It's, it's fun. fun. So fun. Um. And. Yeah, once again, you know, you had that scene where all the other Black Widows are kind of freed from the trance, um, and, man, just just a really good way to close off the movie. It felt nice. You know what I mean? It felt great. When they broke the Black Widows out of the trance, dude, I was so mad because they, like, the way she did it was so irresponsible. (laughs) Like, she didn't just break it right in front of them. But she like threw them, you know, like yeah. they were all just floating in midair. And I'm like, what if it missed one of them? <laughs> like, <laughs> make sure you hit it on the spot, you right. know, but I guess as long as it's in the air conditioning, you're fine. So whatever. Right. But yeah, I kind of glossed over that. But in essence, that whole scene was about freeing the Black Widows and freeing um, Taskmaster, Taskmaster sure. and defeating Drakov. And they were able to to do all of the three. Mm-hmm. Such a such a cool movie, man. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and at the end we got a little bit of a a scene between the family again. Mm-hmm. Um, her and her sister saw each other. There was a lot of callbacks in this movie. Uh, upside down. Upside and down. Yeah. Yeah. In in the first up or first scene, they they're playing and they're upside down, and then Bray Wyatt crab um, walk. <laughs> later on, they're upside down again, and <laughs> um, even in these moments, Yelena was saying something funny. Like that's yeah. By far the. F- most fun part of this movie was Yelena's little one-liners, which is great because that means Natasha was willing to give up those those jokes to that character because it made more sense for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did it beautifully. It was really well done. It was very, very funny, which is not exactly what I thought going into it, that it no. would be this funny. No, I, I definitely got a, like a very dark vibe from the trailers and stuff like that. Yeah, but and it hit those points, but the, the humor was but the humor was awesome. elevated. That you can't have too much dark without humor with with Disney and Marvel, mm-hmm. and it worked. Yeah, um, for sure. Which led us to our post credit scene. Oof. And basically, it was Yelena approaching Natasha's gravestone, 
and mm-hmm. I assume it's in Ohio. I was looking for a cherry blossom tree. I don't know if it was there or not because mm-hmm. that's where her mom was buried next to the cherry blossom tree. I hurt. Her real Natasha's mom. biological yeah, yeah, mom. Yeah. And it's worth pointing out that they started with a wide shot and yes. Yelena was walking up to it and there was nobody in the shot and she whistles um, her whistle that her and Natasha had when they were young and they would do it to probably find each other in the woods or something. Mm-hmm. And it waits a few seconds, you know, pauses and you hear a noise some kind of noise and st- like instantly and you're thinking what is that noise who could that be um you know my brain immediately was like oh god i hope that's natasha whistling back to her and somehow she survived blah blah, blah. um but it's it's uh allegra blowing her nose <laughs> elaine yeah elaine yeah. venice elaine shows venice. up uh, allegra Fabian valentina davontaine whatever the- her long name. Long, horrible name. And <laughs> honestly, a, a genuinely kind of sad yeah. moment because after all that, uh, to be honest, you mentioned it before, but I didn't think of Black Widow as dead throughout the movie. I was just watching it, and I, I didn't remember her death. I know in the back of my brain that she's dead, but um, I really suspended my belief of, of yeah. her being dead for a while. And well, then they did it a good re- job. Yeah, and it reminds you at the end, this was all... Um, unfortunately coming to an end for her because she did die. Mm-hmm. And so, well, two things come to your mind. Okay, she's dead. That's sad. Secondarily, we are now present day and Yelena is here. Yes. So that that's something significant. That means she has a life past this movie. Um, and then you see Allegra. And Which, she yeah. brings up this, if you want to know who killed your sister... I can show you and reveals Clint Barton to her, Mm. which is multiple layers here because one, how does she know they were the last two together? Yep. There's only a finite amount of people who knew this. Was there a break, uh, a leak among an Avenger? Was there more people who know about this because of classified files? Is she Um, working with an Avenger? Is she working directly with one of them, right? And is this leading to something bigger like the Thunderbolts? Is it simply just... Um, Florence's character, Yelena, I do that all the time, um, is now going to chase after Barton, or is she maybe just kind of introducing her to Barton and she's actually maybe going to spend 10 minutes fighting with him and then realize everything's okay? It opens up a lot of questions. It does. Um, and I think that that's the most interesting part of this whole scenario is uh, they knew what they were doing when they were releasing this movie because... They released it on a day in between episode five and the finale of Loki. Uh, And we know that the next movie is Shang-Chi, and we can only speculate right now that the next series is Hawkeye, which will feature Clint Barton and Kate Bishop. Yeah, after What If. The the first, like, live action, you know. You know what I was going for. Yeah. Um, So... They knew exactly what they were doing because this sets that's directly sets up that Hawkeye series. And that's going to be very interesting because Kate Bishop is going to be thrown to the wolves. Basically I can, I can already probably guarantee you that episode one is going to be like her training or whatever. And then like Yelena's after Clint Barton already like off the, off the riff. Like, you know what I mean? Like episode one, we're getting hot and heavy. This is exactly what's going on. Um, and man, I, I think this is this is huge. 
And yeah, the fact that she knows that information is is very telling. It's very interesting. I thought that it was a really cool idea that they would cut to Yelena and walking to the gravesite because that to me for some reason clicks in my brain that she was snapped. I don't know why, but it's like, yeah, I, I, it kind of feels right based off that scene that she would have been oh, snapped and then wait. brought back. She could have never said goodbye. Exactly. So um, maybe that's why, you know, she returns to this grave all the time. And maybe that's why her movement was predicted by Elaine Bennis and um, well, easier to track down. How do you think up. Allegra got there? Do you think she walked up somehow quickly or that's do you think she has a teleportation thing. device such as maybe a tempad? I don't know because she does this quite often does she not like the f- two scenes that we've seen her and she just kind of pops up yeah out of she nowhere. just walked up i mean obviously she came from another room and right falcon the winter soldier so she could have just been there but this one was really weird this one was it's like middle really of nowhere weird. yeah you don't just walk up to somebody yeah at a gravestone right unless she nick furied it and was just like hiding yeah you know? i would assume maybe nick fury but and it makes sense too that she would be kind of a nick fury because it's exactly what she's doing she's like assembling a squad it seems like so maybe this is the thunderbolts Maybe this it is a different version like of the Thunderbolts, you know. Uh, will she appeal to, uh, you know, Bucky Barnes at some point? Have you seen this before? Uh, Val, TVA. The TVA logo straight TVA upside logo. down spells out Val. Val, that perfectly. Interesting. That's interesting. That's very interesting. What the heck is that? It's exact. It's exact. And Holy. it's because it's the T in TVA is, is, is only manipulated one. only to be an, an L, right. basically. It's worth looking into. I mean, it might be a reach, but... One thing I want to talk about, and this has nothing to do with Black Widow, but um, <laughs> <laughs> just getting that straight out. Um, I, I've seen some people talk about this idea that the TVA exists in the quantum realm. And I think that while there is some merit to people's ideas on that, I don't think that's true. Like, they're basically saying that, like, you know, there's a connection between uh, not Hope Van Dyne, because that's Wasp. It's the Michelle Pfeiffer character from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, how she said time worked differently and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The connection with Scott Lang coming back in Endgame and saying time works differently in the quantum realm. And then Mobius, and one of his first lines to Loki is time works differently in the TVA. And that those three are connected and that the TVA exists in the quantum realm, which is why Ant-Man 3 is caught entitled Quantum Mania and all this other stuff. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I hope it's not because that kind of enters this weird loophole with the TVA and their existence. But, um, yeah. I don't think the TVA is going to escape the Loki series. I think that's pretty much all they're going to focus on. Yeah. Um. But the Val thing was weird. The Val thing yeah, is it very was, weird. It's worth it's worth noting because yeah. it's it's odd that it would be that exact. And she's just popping up out of nowhere. Yeah, she right. she seems to be using some kind of technology to get from place to place. And obviously, when you're trying to wrangle five or six super powered or you know super trained people, you you might have to go back and forth like a and NBA owner. If you're the if you're not Nick Fury. And you don't have superpowers. We can only assume she doesn't have superpowers. How are you even gonna escape them if they decide to right, against if they you? Turn on her. Right. So she's got to have some kind of either a bodyguard or or a power given to her. Yeah. Uh, something. Something's up. But um, 
man, this sets up a lot of stuff. This is yeah. This who is all so do cool. we have now? We have John Walker. We got Yelena. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, what's his name? Abomination, perhaps. Abomination, perhaps. Right. Um. Do we have another? I mean, like I, I said, that Bucky Barnes because Bucky Barnes really doesn't have anything right now going forward. It's so possible. it's possible. It'd be tough to kind of make that character switch at this point, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's anything's possible. Uh, Baron Zemo. Give him a reason. That's right, Zemo. Yeah. Um, I mean, who else is in the raft at the moment? You never know. Right. There could be somebody else down there that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think we're slowly putting together. I mean, there's no, there's a reason she's at multiple places right now. Like, right. There's something happening there. We can't just brush it off. Yeah. I don't know if it's Thunderbolts, but it's something. Yeah. And if she's meeting with two different people there's a reason for that as well so john walker and yelena in my opinion are absolutely going to have something together in the future yeah i don't know what it is yet but it's going to be interesting it's going to be fun we will find that out and general ross was in black widow twice yes two different scenes so it wasn't like he was insignificant it could be he could be in it he could be we could get red hulk in the mcu yeah, I, I can't wait to see if we get some, I mean, some branches there. Think about this. I mean, really, really put this together. We're, we're, we got Young Avengers popping up in these series, yes. right? So we can only assume that, you know, obviously we're getting Kate Bishop. We're getting a She-Hulk series, so we can only assume that hulking is coming uh, at some point. Uh, and Abomination will be in the Hulk series, so that might be, be where we get Allegra popping up on him as well. You could also get Red Hulk in that series mm-hmm. because Red Hulk could be the main bad of that series. Yeah. And, uh, and abomination like now looks different, more comic styled, yeah. which means he would have had to take something. Yes. And the only people that have something are the government. <laughs> yes. So, or the power broker or something power like broker, that. Right. But, um, that's an interesting thing too. The yeah. power broker being Shang-Chi. Like that's an interesting, these are all interesting Probably. questions. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Man, we got a lot to uh, decipher. There's so much now. coming out. There's so much coming at us. And man. coming out of Black Widow, I think the biggest takeaway is is Yelena and how yeah. she's moving forward. Um, the final scene of the movie was was Black Widow um, leaving with her her vest and uh, the new ship that she had from her her spot man. Well, mm-hmm. I can't remember what his name the was. Middle but, man. Um, and she was leaving to go help Steve Rogers break people out of prison. And get but the Avengers music. Yeah. Yes, the Avengers music. And then it, it goes off into the fireflies and the trees again. To, yeah. Such um, a perfect way to end Show it. The, the impact that she's had on the women throughout the world. Yeah. So it was a great ending. Um, uh, sufficient for what it, it needed to be. Mm-hmm. It was a fun time. If you guys, for some reason, had little interest in seeing it and you just made it this far and you weren't planning on seeing it, I would say it's worth a watch. Yeah. Um, hopefully you didn't just listen to this whole thing and <laughs> get spoiled, but yeah, some people apparently some people don't do. mind spoilers. Yeah. I don't understand it, but, um, uh, if that's how you roll, that's how you roll and it's all good. Looking directly at you, Jacob. I know. <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. Man. I'll stab somebody over, <laughs> yeah, a, same, over man. a spoiler. It's with a pencil too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you went full Joker. It's tough, man. If somebody spoils me, I just feel like there's no even no no reason to watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sucks, but um. So, any last thoughts on this Black Widow movie? Uh, where you're you're at mentally with? I guess we're heading into Shang Chi now. What if and leaving Black Widow behind and yeah. and Loki as well. Um, 
the MCU has obviously changed because of Loki. And I think Black Widow, Black Widow, I think was awesome. I, I think it was really good, really well done. And uh, while, like I said, it it, it didn't feel ov- like overtly necessary, I'm glad that we got it. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and it, yeah, if you haven't watched it and you've listened to this, it's definitely worth a watch. I, I would I would say. It was a fun night. Um, I think it's if it's like eight bucks to watch it at your theater, go ahead and go to the theater if you feel comfortable. Uh, yeah. Thirty bucks on Disney Plus doesn't sound fun to me unless you got a big old family. Yeah. Um, but big it was a, it was a good too. time, <laughs> and we really enjoyed seeing it. But we love talking about it. And um, what's up next is we will be talking about Shang Chi and the updated trailer. We'll have a little news and notes for you guys in our next episode as well. Some new things that have come out. Yeah. And uh, soon we're going to have a friend down here and we'll discuss kind of post-Loki MCU and uh, see what we all think about um, everything moving forward. Everything's changed now. I'm excited With for that. Uh, the way Loki finished its series. So yeah, yeah. Uh, be on the lookout for that. If you've made it this far, we really appreciate you guys. If you can give us a follow or an ad on Facebook at the Marvel Guys Podcast and Leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts, the Marvel Guys Podcast. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, same thing on Twitter and Instagram. We are at the Marvel Guys or the Marvel Guys Podcast on there as well. Um, this has been a blast. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Peace.